1: You never know what's going to happen, but you know I'm all about you know scoring balls and, and trying to make assists. So, and break Wayne Rooney's record Hopefully. there. <laughs> I've actually spoken to to Azra about it, and you know he's he coming wa- for him. No, he wants me to do it. He, he doesn't. Me. They always say that strikers. <laughs> when I look back, it's just like six or seven months wasted. I wish I would have to someone before the operation. Yeah. Do you know what was the saddest thing? Just before the pandemic, I bumped into an old school friend and he was homeless.
0: No. No. Hey, <laughs> no, that sums up my career. Did it take away any of your love playing for England? We've come to Portugal to see Manchester United England's Marcus Rashford to talk to him about his career, the ups, the downs, his family, the charitable work and the work that he did during the pandemic. And he's taking part in a pre-pre-season, yeah, the pre-season before the pre-season. So we're here at the campus in Portugal. Just tell us a little bit about what you do in this sort of like pre-pre-season period.
1: Yeah, if, if, like for me, it's just about getting back up to speed, you know, before I want to go back into pre-season a lot of it is obviously to do with the physical aspects but also just when I go back into pre-season I enjoy everyone like being back together again because we've been away from each other for a while I don't want to go back into pre-season and be dying every day (laughs) like um, I used to (laughs) (laughs) no it's good to get I I usually do it every year to be fair just get back into shape have you done it every year because last
0: year I remember sort of there being a big thing about you doing this sort of like 10 day camp and you came back last year and you looked unbelievable you were so strong you're fit you look like you'd sort of gained another yard what what have you done in this last sort of 12 months
1: that sort of made that sort of difference physically i think last year i had a bit more time off so i could do a double the training camp really so i had done probably two weeks in total yeah um 10 days of ball work and running and jump up four days before of just getting back up to speed so i really had the time to just do everything that i needed to take off and i felt really well-rounded going into pre-season, so like I said, I wanted to be in that position this season as well. So um, yeah, it's important for me to come out and get the work in. Do you not just feel like you mean you play that many games? You
0: know the internationals, the World Cup, obviously last Christmas, all the United games, United in every competition to the end yeah. this season. Do you not feel like just saying right? Actually, I just need that break.
1: Yeah, that's probably I've done a slightly shorter camp this this time. I've only done um, eight days. Eight uh, days
0: of continuous training. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What's Eric Ten Hag's season like last season compared
1: to say the, the managers that you've had previously? Eric's is one of the toughest, I'd say. What physically? Running-wise or... running-wise, yeah. But also, just we do a lot of like passing drills, and it's a lot of mental concentration. And when you're tired, you know, it's it's difficult to concentrate, you know, for long periods of time when you when you're already physically tired. Just like running with the obviously during the actual ball. Yeah. we usually In work. between, so we'll do a technical. I don't know, twenty. 30-minute session and then we'll go into maybe eight or ten blocks of box-to-boxes or like shorter intensity runs and then we'll go back into technical yeah so it's not actually a tough session but when you do it in the heat of yeah. the places that we train then it's it's proper challenging and i but no I, I enjoyed it like i said i, I turned up to priest is in in good shape so i was just enjoying you know the new coach and getting used to him when I was back at United,
0: it started to be introduced that players would have their own individual programmes and they'd have sometimes their own individual coaches. Have you got a team around you that sort of worked with you separately from also the club's coaching staff as well?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, but I've had that from a really young age. Once I signed my first professional contract, I wanted to... What was it 17 or 16? Yeah, 17. But I didn't... You're still in college. You don't really need the money that they're giving you. So I thought... I had a conversation with my brother and I think it's important to invest it in yourself and... You know, do what you can do to better yourself. So I got myself a psychologist and a strength and conditioning coach from 17, and just stayed with them throughout. Rather,
0: really. are they still with you now? Just to have that team yeah. around you, that tight team.
1: Yeah, because I don't like to chop and change. Um, like I feel like they know me from mm. when I was younger, and you know, before everything happened with United, like the success and stuff like that. They, they know me from before that, so yeah. I feel comfortable around them it blows my mind that because I used to think like tennis
0: player or a golfer or like an individual athlete would yeah, have I their know, team know. around them then if you're in a team sport you'd all do the collective together and you'd all work some- together
1: I think sometimes it gets neglected when you're in a team sport but you have to remember in a team sport if every individ- individual's at the top of the game or the best that they can be yeah. as a team you're going to be better so it's obviously important to do stuff as a team because you need to win yeah. together and, and fight for each other but at the same time especially in the forward positions, I feel like you have to be able to bring something different to to the table. Um, So, yeah, I've always just had that team around me and I feel like it's been beneficial to me, so I probably won't change. I came out of football 12
0: 12 years ago as a player, but five, six years ago as a coach. It feels Mm -hmm. to me like it's gone to another level. The sort of this type of camp you know there's not just you there's other players as well yeah. just practicing and, and literally perfecting everything rather than just taking your rest
1: yeah i just think that the the level's so high in the league if, if i don't do these things maybe you start the season and you don't feel like you're up to up to scratch and you know i, d- I don't i don't want to be in that position i don't think it's a nice position to be in I'm, you know, you've probably played in games yourself where the other team's been that much better than you and you're just yeah. a step behind everything. Yeah. What, what would you say is the one thing that you'd like to add to your sort of, you know, the physicality,
0: because you look absolutely spot on, you've got no body fat on you, you're lightning quick, <laughs> you're strong. You know, what is it, just maintaining what you've got? Is there something that you think you'd like to add to your game that would make you a lot better?
1: I think there's always elements. I think it's always important to work on your strengths. I never stop working on my strengths. And, you know, you want to get your weaknesses as as good as it can get. But, you know, your weaknesses are more often than not, always going to be a little bit behind your your strength. So mine's left foot heading. I always want to work on them. And I your heading's like getting better, though, eh? Yeah, but I still feel like I should score more because I out-jump most people. <laughs> so I, f- I feel like if I'm in the position, in the in the right areas, in the box, then I should be getting, you know, seven, seven to ten headers a season. So I still feel like I can do that and I'll be pushing to do that next season. And what
0: about the left foot in terms of
1: that side of things? You have a finishing coach, do you work on that side of it a lot? Yeah, for me with my left foot it's just about confidence, you know. Like I feel like when I'm confident I I score with it.
0: Because you're (laughs) on that left side a lot, aren't you, going down that left channel?
1: Yeah, when I'm not confident it just never goes right with my left foot. (laughs) Yeah.
0: When you're not confident in terms of your overall game or just,
1: yeah. Yeah, but if I'm feeling confident and I'm feeling, you know, strong and fit and healthy, I, f- I feel like if I get an opportunity on my left, I've got a good chance of of scoring. As long as, like I said, as long as I'm in the right areas. Yeah. So a lot of it is about just getting into the right areas because my my striker coach, he was a forward, so he yeah. he always gives me information on <laughs> getting in across the front post or you know on the shoulder of defenders and stuff like that. But it's good for me to know that because even when I'm wide, it helps me understand what my forward would be thinking yeah. and where I need to deliver the ball or try and you know, get assists from that aspect. And if I am making the box, I know where I need to be, so. How much do you analyse your game after, let's say a game's finished on a Saturday, how
0: much do you analyse sort of your performance after that game or do you move on to the next because the next one's coming so quickly?
1: Yeah, I think when when you've got three games a week, I analyse it, but maybe not as much. Yeah. Um, probably the day after a game if I've got a week between I'll recover the day after a game and then do it on the Monday Monday, yeah Yeah. but I think it's it's important because a lot of my game is just being in the right positions at the right time I think sometimes wingers neglect it now but for for me it's because I can always see the forward the forward can't see me so I have to go off his movements but at the same time whichever defenders mark me I have to make it a tough day for him and you know, try and get blind side of him, make sure he can't can't see me. When he gets square, try and get across him in them moments. But because I've been you know working on it for so long, it is becoming like second nature you now, and yeah. I find myself looking for them things without really telling myself to do it. So that's good, but you know, you have to keep working on it to, to keep improving.
0: Marcus, I'm gonna get absolutely <laughs> shamed here. <laughs> I'm gonna have a game of head tennis. First to five. Yeah. <laughs> This could absolutely destroy your career if I beat you here. You realise that, don't you? (laughs) Here we go. Oh, Oh, it's short. short. Is that 1 (laughs) 0? Don't control it. Get back there. You better shape up. Oh, it's out. Getting carried away. 2 1. Oh no! <laughs> it was never yeah. gonna work that. <laughs> oh no! Oh. Oh. How bad's that? Yes. Uh. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Free all. Get <laughs> <laughs> <done well>. <laughs> over there! Oh. oh, he's done it! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> 4-3? not doing bad but I think he's been kind to me. Oh, it's
1: <laughs> <laughs> He broke my ankle twice. Oh, oh. Oh, it's out. Oh, it's, that's for no, oh. Oh, you. No. That. No, so like, oh, <laughs> no. oh, no way he's done that. feel like... Oh,
0: That sums up my career. It was, it. Than it was freaking. better that you won. Well done. <sighs>
1: We planned for four or five scenarios before everything started. They're tough, aren't they? How you think about
0: how tough she must have been.
1: She's the toughest out of all (laughs) of (laughs) us.
0: we was just on the way down to the beach but on the way I just thought I'd ask you a little bit about your early years and yeah. um, growing up in Manchester and particularly playing for Fletcher Moss which is a famous yeah. young
1: local club how, how was that for you? I enjoyed it I felt like it was the like my bro, my, both my brothers played for Fletcher Moss so that was like the local team to go to and plus yeah, it had a good resume of people moving on to academies which, which you know was uh, all my aim um, but yeah like at home, it was the thing was to have fun. We had discipline obviously because we my mum was a single parent. So when she went out, it was up to my brother and and like my older sister to like manage the household. So there was a high amount of discipline, but it was always fun. Like I enjoyed my my upbringing.
0: Talk to me about your mum. I mean, she must be a special person.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like I I only realised how. Tough it was for when I moved out the house, and I realised how, like when I went into digs, I realised how life was. Only, it was only 20 minutes away. Yeah. But how life was, and like over there, it was completely different to what I was used to, and it actually made me feel a bit uncomfortable at first. In what way? Just like where I come from is noise all the time. So after a certain amount of time, like you get used to sleeping when there's noise, and yeah. I remember the first night I couldn't sleep. Noises in what, like cars or just the, everything, people cars, shouting or... police. People, like, I live facing shops as well, so right there was one takeaway shop that didn't close till four or five in the morning. So, yeah, there was always some type of noise. And when I moved to, to sale, there was just no, it was just silent, we could just hear the wind. That was it. And it, I couldn't sleep like yeah. the first couple of nights, that. but after like the first. Maybe three weeks, four weeks. I started to settle down, and I was lucky really because the family that we, I got put with, um, great people, and you know I still stay in contact with them now. And yeah, they're definitely a, a huge part of my, my upbringing because I feel like that transition was difficult for some, some people in my age group uh, when they had to leave home. So you know I, I got lucky really. There's a there's a quote I
0: read of your mum's where she said there were times where she used to be able to put only food on the table for yourselves and actually not have any yourself. I mean that's
1: yeah, but you just at the time you would never know because she'd always just have a smile on her face. Get on with her. it. Yeah,
0: they're tough, aren't they? Yeah, you think still, about how tough she must have been.
1: She's the toughest out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She still is now. Like nothing will, nothing can break her. Huh?
0: And your brothers obviously work with you, don't they? Your yeah. mum works. Just tell us a little bit about what
1: they do for you now in terms of your professional life away yeah. from football. Uh, obviously my brothers, both my brothers are my agents. And my mum, I'm trying to get her to just relax a little bit. I want her to enjoy herself, but she's, she's a workaholic. Um, so uh, in the beginning, she was doing like some of my commercial stuff for, with Nike alongside my brothers. But now, at the minute, we've managed to wind her down a little bit. <laughs> she's, um, she's in control of, like, fan mail, and she enjoys doing it. All, but she How much fan mail do you get a week? Uh, her house is piling up. <laughs> she doesn't miss one, though. No, no, she don't. It to every single one. Yeah, which yeah. is good. Cool, like I, I enjoy doing it, but after a long day of trading, you should run around something else with 500 shirts to sign. <laughs> <and> it's not <non-cut> good <laughs> to pretend like I'm sleeping.
0: Tomorrow, mum, tomorrow. <laughs>
1: Thinking about you growing up and your
0: mum really fighting hard to have to put food on people's table. Did that inform what happened later in your life, where obviously you just did the most amazing thing during the pandemic with the free school meals?
1: Do you know what I think? We've always, even though we were struggling ourselves, we've always give back. I remember a couple of times when we that at the cliff, we used to get the bus into town, so we used to pass the load to homeless people, and my mum literally would give me the last couple of quid in a purse to give to a homeless person even back then, so I feel like it's everyone in, like my mum does her own things, my sisters do their own things, my brothers do their own things, and then we came together and made this idea, and and there yeah, is it something that we all, it's, it's important to all of us and it's, it's close to home. You know, I, I, do you know what was the saddest thing? Just before the pandemic, I bumped into an old school friend and he was homeless. And he just, I remember him at school and he was one of the ones where his, his parents was in better position than- yours. Yeah, than, than most of us, like. Yeah. And then to see him there, like, it, it was, it was a bit of a shocking moment. Like, it pushed me back a little bit and I just felt like definitely we're going to try and do something to, you know, not change just his life but everyone's lives that are in difficult situations and like, it's, a long, it's a long process, we're still early on in the, in the process but I'm just pleased that it's up and running now because it, step by step, it takes more care of itself and the public have shown that they care and I feel like more, more people have made a difference now and made, made a change to, to people's lives. Do you recognise
0: how big and important it was, what you did. I mean, you overturned government policy. It was unbelievable, the impact you had. I mean, I've got a university which has got about seven or 800 students, and if I asked them on a vote who their most popular person would be in Greater Manchester, they'd say you, 100%. I just know that for a fact. Do you have you any know, like, idea of what you achieved?
1: I mean, you like, overturned government policy. Yeah, that's the thing that I didn't really concentrate on, like, the government U-turn. That wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Like I knew that we might have had to do that from when Boris made the decision to go public with what he said after we spoke to him. I knew that was the next thing that we had to change, but the, it actually pushed me towards the public a bit more and we needed them as, as support and they were learning more about the topic as I was learning about the topic as well because the numbers are more crazy than what you, what you could ever imagine, and especially in, in Greater Manchester. So. It was more about helping the, the individuals that needed the help than it was ever about. I, I wish that the U-turn never had to actually happen. I um, wish we just managed to get it done straight away. Because at the end of the day, we lost a little bit of time, which, you know, time is, is important and a lot of things can happen in a short space at all.
0: Well, I always think about football players and think of... Um, they get criticised when they don't plan for the end of their career. But you have definitely see that you got need to have your head screwed on and you're smart. Where's that come from, that sort
1: of business sort of like mentality that you have? I think it started with my mum. My mum's like very business minded and she always has been. She just hasn't been in the position to have the opportunities yeah. to, you know, do what she really wanted to do. But she's always had that mindset and then, you know, it just gets passed down. Like my my both my brothers are, are the same and my sisters, when they want to be, at the same as well. Yeah. I found that quite sad because your mum
0: obviously was struggling to put food on your table, but she'd just been given a chance and someone had invested in her. Yeah. Obviously, she could have, you know, what Yeah, I mean? she
1: definitely could have. Like, my mum started doing properties when I was 18 and she'd done it at all. She I didn't. Well, managed all your property yeah. purchases and everything? She, she still does, most of them. But, like, she, she just always knew. You judge her at it. the end of each month how
0: she's doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, mum, no, you could do a bit better with she, this. She'll stuff. still shout at me if I got <laughs>
0: I played with David Beckham and he was just, he would say, you know, I'm a football player. Yeah, of course I'm a football player, but I'm also someone who wants to do more than just play football. He strikes me that you're a little bit like that as well. You're a lot like that. In fact, was there a point whereby you ever felt overwhelmed by everything that was happening? And you thought, oh, this is.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
0: Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt.
1: Until you tried it on.
0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Getting so big, I just need to sort of pull back a little bit here. Not really, because we planned for... You know, four or five scenarios before everything started, because obviously we don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen, so we just thought worst-case scenario. We we planned for, you know, five or six different scenarios that could play out. So it was just about executing yeah. whichever one out of the six that we had to choose from. Um, so yeah, most of the When you say was six.
0: Sorry, what you referring to six? Just seven. six
1: scenarios, like whether like the U-turns. One example, we didn't know that that was yeah. going to happen, but we had to prepare in case it did happen. And then when it did happen, we didn't have to panic and, oh, let's yeah. do this for three or four months and- So you felt relaxed that, then, did you, a little bit? Yeah, it was, it was- That muff, you don't like muffs, <laughs> do you? <we? laughs> it was um ah. No, but it, I felt like it was important to, to do that because I didn't want it to, obviously when I started the planning, I was, I was yeah. seven months injured. I was, when I actually started, I was three months shut down. So I couldn't do anything for three months. Um, So I just thought now's the time to start. I've got the time and willingness to do it, so why not? So that's when we started it, and then I felt like it was a clever thing to do to get a team behind us, to that can manage day to day and make sure we have five or five or six different answers for whatever might come up. And you know, luckily we had prepared for for the one that did come up, and yeah, I'm thankful for that. And are you the sort of person who knows exactly what it is you're going to do
0: when you retire from football already, or is it a case um, of you thinking, no, I'll just sort of cross that bridge when I come to it?
1: No, I definitely have options, but I've still, I've still got years left. I don't have any need You've to, got a long, think, you've yeah. got a long time left. I hope, hopefully, I can play until you know, thirty-six, thirty-seven. Do you think like a coach, or do you think like someone who might go into business? No, or? Not, I won't do coaching straight away. No, I feel like football. So like. People don't understand how mentally, you know, challenging it is. It's not always about the physicality, but mentally, day to day, just the concentration that you have to put in, it it can be draining. So I feel like when I do retire, I want to go away for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. But coaching is definitely a, an option because I, I feel like I've the love for the game is never going to go away. So mm. I still, you know, enjoy playing football and being involved in in the sport. So it's definitely an option. But yeah, um, I mean, it's interesting to. I don't want to like plan it all out rather really. I just want to have the options and then when we get there see, just see yeah see how it plays out
0: how often would you speak to psychology? what
1: sort of work would you do with you around moments like that when I look back it's just like six or seven months wasted I wish I would have spoke to someone before the operation. Yeah.
0: Hi everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode. This is just a quick thank you to Skybet, our partners, for making this show happen. It's something I've wanted to do for a long, long time. Please subscribe, there's loads more episodes coming up and I hope you're enjoying it. So this section is called Failure is a bruise, not a tattoo. So it's when I went to Valencia and didn't do very well. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was shambolic. What was your low point, that moment where you just feel like it hasn't been as bad as this and you had to sort of dig in?
1: Probably the lowest point was the post shoulder operation. I'd never had any serious injuries before, like, wearing required surgery or anything like that. It was tough mentally because I, I, I knew physically I was better, yeah. but I didn't have confidence in it. To go into challenges yeah, and stuff, and... and I felt like I was backing away, and obviously because I play on the left side, I roll a lot inside. Yeah, so I have to use that arm quite often and quite a lot, and yeah, I just didn't have the confidence within it. But
0: how did that come back? Just just time and just working on just it.
1: Just time. It took. It probably took until, you know, like the winter break in February. I think it was. We went to Dubai. Yeah. And then it, it felt a bit. I felt a bit more confident after that. Yeah. But it did take like six or seven months for me to feel like myself again. And then when I look back, it's just like six or seven months wasted, I wish I would have spoke to someone uh, before the operation. And he would have said, listen, you're going to feel this after, you're going to feel like this, this could happen. But I didn't really, I just, I had to just get on with it because I didn't want to miss that much of the season. So I actually came, it recovered quite quickly. But just when the game, when I started playing, yeah, you still feel
0: right. Yeah, I didn't feel. Did 100%. you? You said before, as part of your team, you've got a psychologist. Yeah. How often would you speak to a psychologist? And what sort of stuff would you What sort of work would he do with you around moments like
1: that? Yeah, sometimes it's not genuinely about the football. It's just about dealing with setbacks. And we actually did some good work, but you can do good work yeah. off the pitch. But when you get on there, You, you still feel that like more. Yeah. Sometimes you just
0: something doesn't feel right. Do you feel like you're at that point in your life now, 25, where you've had that sort of... You've come in, you've had that huge sort of lot of excitement, then you have that little bit of a dip, and then last season you were just flying. Do you feel like you've come through it and that now everything else in front of you feels like, you know, you are going to be a little more unbreakable almost in terms of, because you've seen it all before?
1: Yeah, 100%. I just feel like I've experienced the the biggest games and, you know, been in the the most high-pressure situations and, you know, I always think to myself, like, how can I help other players, like, Certain players have, have helped me. And I feel like now I'm actually in the, the right position and, and stuff to genuinely help them and, you know, help, help them in the beginning of their careers and you know, try and set them off in the right direction the same way people like Waza, Carras, Juan set, set me off in, in the right direction. I was
0: thinking last season watching you, it almost felt like, obviously, you know, you've got a lot of excellent players at United, but when you... Casemiro and Bruno Fernandes weren't playing as a three. It was mm. a big problem that you were almost become the leaders in the team. I could put Lissandro Martis in that probably bracket yeah. as well. Do you do you feel like that now? Like you've stepped up into that leadership pack? Like you're one of those players at the club that you know you, everyone looks up to, and if you're not playing, it's like oh, we're missing him today.
1: Yeah, I think I think that does happen, but it's it's a blow when you when you lose any player early in the squad because the squad is the strength. It's not just the eleven that's on the pitch. Yeah. Um, remember a couple of players got injured in, against Reading in, in a cup game and it's just, yeah. it, it puts everyone down a little bit because, you know, Donny was out for a long time after that, Christian was out for a little bit and yeah. the game was already won when these injuries yeah. happen. and it's just like, it does, when you come in the next day to training and you see them on the treatment bed and, you know, you know how down they are, it's, it's disheartening. Um, so it's not just the... Uh, the players that you know are playing every week—it's the squad really, and we have to try and keep that. I think Eric really concentrated on that when he came in, um, making everyone together as one. You know, it's impossible for everyone to play every game, but I think as a player you have to accept and support when you when you're not playing, and when you are playing you have to you know give everything and try and do what you can to, to help the team win the game. In the league, there was a period where we weren't defending as well, and we stopped scoring as many goals as we were scoring
0: was a moment wasn't there where he sort of like left you out did you you agree with him on that point so let's talk about manchester united and I think back to my start of my career and how fortunate I was to come into a stable environment where there was one manager, they'd just won the Premier League title, they were brilliant senior players, obviously they'd had success. And I think of where you came into. You know, you've you had absolutely the opposite of that. You've had five managers, you've had different styles of play, a lot's been asked of you. How has
1: that been? How hard has that been? Uh, it's been a little bit tough, but I, honestly, I've, I've enjoyed working under the, the different managers because I feel like, I've been able to take a little bit from, from each manager and it's, it's helped me mature, especially in the early stages, helped me mature quickly and helped my game develop a little bit more. So I think there's definitely stuff that I've taken from, from each, each manager that's helped shape my game to, to where it is now and hopefully you know, we do get that stability now and, and we can go into definitely challenging and hopefully win, win the biggest trophies.
0: And then just talked about Eric Ten Hag, obviously you've enjoyed last season, You absolutely incredible season, scoring all those goals. What was the biggest difference? What changed when he came in? Because he certainly had some big decisions to deal with as well along the way and he was tough, wasn't he, with them?
1: No, 100%. Um, but when just when he come in, I didn't hear him speak about getting in the top four once. He just wanted to win trophies and, you know, if, if you've got that mentality... I've always been around people that have yeah. that mentality. So. so he was
0: telling you we were going to win trophies at this club? Yeah,
1: it doesn't it doesn't matter what what we're playing in, whether it's Europa League or Premier League, any, any of the cup trophies, you wanted to try and win everything. And listen the players, we give it everything we could. We let ourselves down definitely in, in the Europa League. And I feel like in the league, there was a period where we weren't defending as well and we stopped scoring as many goals as we were scoring. So... That's something that I'll definitely want to correct for. Right.
0: Yeah, those big games. There's some big defeats, weren't there? In the sort of three or four games. Yeah, was def- sort of like one hundred
1: percent. But we'd always bounce back from them. Listen, it's it's it feels there's no there's no lower point when you go to rival teams and concede four, five, six goals. There's nothing worse than that. You have to try and find the positives in the game after. We always had a good performance and won. How did you recover? Because you always did seem to recover from those defeats. When uh, uh,
0: what was it? What was his words or what did you all do we, after those games? We'd
1: still do the. Game analysis. you go back and watch it again, maybe. I even I'm after not, like a 7 0 Anfield, you go and watch not, it. Maybe not watch it, but he'd, he'd watch it definitely. And he'd dissect it to us in maybe a team a meeting. Team team team. Yeah, because sometimes as players, you definitely don't want to watch it. But I feel like his his understanding of, of players is very high. And there's nothing worse and I definitely don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch any games back. Because yeah. what's the point? There's nothing you can take from him. But the next game, it's important to clear your head because yeah. you can't let that. Well, because we had some big fixtures, especially after the Liverpool game, we had so shit at at home, I think it was. And you know, we had a really good form, so I think we won four one. But yeah, it's it's not easy to to recover. But he'd he'd always throughout the, whatever time we had after after a bad result, he'd give us confidence again, and you know, remind us sometimes that listen, you aren't you won't be here if you aren't good players. And I'm not one to need that all the time, but there is times after games like that. You know just a reminder like it's the next game you're yeah. gonna you're gonna do it and you always give us that full confidence and support but like i said in the end we, we fell short in the league i was disappointed with how we, we finished the, the league because i felt like we could have you know put a bit more more pressure on you know, arsenal and when sitting in the end it was you know 15 points 20 points yeah. gap so it's a little bit disappointing and but yeah we you know we managed to get a yeah. uh, a trophy over the line which is always important not only for the players but for the the fans I mean, the culture of, of man united it's, it's always been about winning trophies and it's good to get back to that because it's been a few years since we had.
0: he quite obviously loves you i mean you've played nearly every game this season but there was a moment wasn't there where he sort of like left you out did you,
1: did you agree with him yeah. on that point was that no 100 percent. i, I learned from pre-season like a couple of the the lads was a couple of minutes late in in pre-season and it was important for him to implement them rules there and then. Because that's unusual for you. You would never be late, would you? In any, you know, in any situation? No. I, listen, I wasn't even that much late. but... Uh, <laughs> was he being harsh? <laughs> no, I don't think he was being harsh. Because late's late at the yeah. end of the day. But it was probably about forty-five seconds and a minute late. But I already knew what was going to happen because of the rules that he implemented in pre-season. So yeah. I'm not going to sit and argue about it because we've got a we've got a game to try and win and Wolves away for for us in the last couple of years. It's not been an easy place to go. So. It's, there's a time and a place when to speak to him about it, but if we if we go on and win the game, then nobody nobody cares. You came back from the World Cup, and it was it was glo- it
0: was a glorious watch seeing you play as well as you did. I think there's only Early Highland scored more goals after the World yeah. Cup. What what changed after that World Cup? Because you just looked absolutely unstoppable. You really want to play for England, don't you?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's a it's a huge part of of my career, and I feel like the teams. I'm very strong and like we've got a good chance of winning stuff and i'm you know obviously desperate to be, be a part of it but when i come back from the world cup i i feel like i'm there is a mentality change and i, I felt like i was you know up there with with some of the, the best players in the world at that time
0: you sit here today having I mean, scored 30 goals last season and it's your best ever season do you feel like that's it now you that's the, you know you, you've hit that mark and you feel like yeah.
1: there's no time to i, I wouldn't I think before that, I'd always said like, let's get to to twenty. I think twenty for for a wing is a good benchmark. But you know, this season I've I've hit thirty, so we have to try and, try and push it now and and go and build beyond. But yeah, I, I feel like I can definitely do it. I think towards the end of the season, I was struggling with a few, you know, injuries, and I probably weren't quite quite high yeah. it. and that's when the goals started to to you know dry up a little bit. But if I can get that that side of it, keep keep that under. And on the taps and, you know, I feel like I can definitely go go and you know, get 35 or 40.
0: Roy brought you into the England team back in 2016, which yeah. is seven years ago. It's interesting because going back to my career, and I think of Wayne Rooney had a hard time with England at times. David Beckham had a hard time with England. My brother had a hard time with England. Yeah. Manchester United players do sometimes suffer quite a bit with sort of criticism, yeah. um, and you obviously got that. You know, you were racially abused after the yeah. Euro 2020. I, did it take away any of your love for playing for England? Just the fact that obviously you just you know it was just a football action. It was something that happens obviously time and time again.
1: Yeah. I think maybe maybe a little bit, but not for a. It wasn't for a long period of time. I mentioned like with my shoulders, a little bit down for a couple of months, and yeah. yeah, that's probably when it was playing on my mind a little bit. But I'm not one to dwell on situations. I just want to be positive about it and move forward. Because yeah. like I said to you before, I feel like I have 100% faith in, in the England set off I feel like if we get little things right we can compete with the the best teams in the world as we've already shown but there's still another step for us to yeah. take and I, I do believe that we can take it. I feel like the squad everyone's at good ages. We've got a big opportunity that I don't wanna I don't wanna throw it away because of what's happened yeah. in, in the past.
0: How important is it for you at the end of this season that you're starting for England in a major tournament?
1: Yeah, massively. I feel like, you know, there's been times in between major tournaments where I've I've started for, you know, eighteen months. When it comes to the tournament, and then I'm, not, You've been out. yeah, I'm not, I'm not starting. All, I'm like in and out the team, so it's it's definitely important for for me as a player to try and you know get that spot,
0: yeah,
1: nailed down and try and bring my qualities to the team because I feel like it's. We're, listen, we've got many good players, and there's a there's a time for every player. But I'm, I've still not had my you know proper opportunity in major tournament, yet. You know.
0: And It's clear your future, long term, is going to be at Manchester United. You know what you've spoken to me about today. How excited are you about that? And will we see you lift that? Want to see you lift that
1: Premier League trophy soon? I hope so. That's that's been my dream ever since I was a kid. You know, I've, I watched, you know your guys in in your team win it so many times. It almost became natural for us to to see us win it. We we forgot about the hard work that you put into every game, and we almost expected. Expected just to to do the fearing trophy come the end of the season, and it'll be unbelievable for for me to get my hands on, on that trophy with United. So, you know, hopefully we, we managed to do that and break Wayne Rooney's record. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. You're not far away.
0: You're I mean, halfway there, and you've played a mountain of games
1: already, haven't you? Yeah. You never know what's going to happen, but you know, I'm all about you know scoring goals and and trying to make assists. So, you know, there's definitely a chance that, that it can happen, and I've actually spoken to to Wazza about it and. You know, he, you're going for him. No, he wants me to do it. He, he doesn't. It. They always say that
0: strikers. But <laughs> you is a bit different. He is a bit yeah. different.
1: He said it will be good for me today because you know I've grown up at the club and yeah. stuff like that. But you know I'm I'm hopefully I get the opportunity to to try and make that happen. But all the talk, I mean, you're talking about staying at the club. You're
0: talking about breaking the record. But was there a point a couple of years ago where you had that little doubt that you thought? Do I believe in this anymore? Is there a moment where I might just have to go and sort of maybe play elsewhere? I thought that might have happened. Obviously, I'd not asked you at the time, and I'm yeah. only speaking to you now for the first time about it.
1: No, I feel, I feel like all players probably go through that stage, whether they've been at their Boyhood club for, you know, 10 years or 12 years, I think. Yeah. You know, when you think about it deeply, you, there's nothing better than winning at, at Man United. So I feel like at the age I'm at, I've still got... A big opportunity to to try and do that, and the timing. Just, I feel like we're, we're closer than what we think, but we still need to take them extra steps. And at the minute, we've got a we've got a manager that's fully dedicated to just winning at all costs, and he wants us to be as best as we can be individually, yeah. be as best as we can be as a team. And at the end of the day, he wants us to win trophies. And there's been some games where coming fuming at time because we're not playing well, and for he he just says, "Listen, like relax." He knows we're not playing well, but we're still in the game and we're going to fight to, to win the game. It doesn't matter if we win 1-0 or 3-0 in the second half. Nah. But if we get that one goal, just be ready for that one chance and it's like a refocus. Um, so it's, it's important that, you know, I keep that in mind to the point where he doesn't have to keep reminding me, you know, it just happens naturally.
0: Do you feel like he's got something different, Eric Ten Haag, than the previous four managers that you've worked under, that he can get that, make that final step and get over the line and win a Premier League title?
1: You know, I feel like he has. Only time's gonna gonna tell, but I, f- I feel like he's got the players 100%. So we're gonna give 100% for, for him, for the badge, and for the fans. So we should always, you know, give 100, 110% in, in every game, no matter which opponent you're playing against. And that when you're the one that's, you know, trying to give 100% all the time. Brilliant,
0: Marcus. Yeah. Great to speak to you today. Thank, Thank you so you. much, and good Appreciate luck with the season. Thank, Thank you. Very much.
1: Thank you.